You're listening to Meeting Pod, the podcast powered by Meeting Place, the premier magazine and news source for the meat and poultry processing industry, and Alt Meat Magazine, the only business information resource for the exploding alternative meat industry. Hi, I'm Chris Scott, host of Meeting Pod and contributing editor at both Meeting Place and Alt Meat Magazines. Our guest today is Dr. Jeff Sinilar, Professor and Extension Meat Specialist in the Meat Science and Animal Biologics Discovery Program at the University of Wisconsin-Madison. In addition to his teaching duties, Jeff specializes in assisting meat processors fine-tune their product development, problem-solving, and regulatory compliance. He also serves as a liaison between academia, government, and the meat industry. Our conversation today will focus on the boom in new research facilities at ag schools, and how they have affected the development of R&D professionals in recent years. Thanks for spending some time with us today, Jeff. You bet, Chris. Happy to join and have some conversation. Thanks again. And let's start our discussion with a little bit more of information about the types of classes, training, and research that are needed these days to create a viable, successful R&D professional in the meat industry. Yeah, that's a great question. So historically, right? Meat science programs or programs that had meat science emphasis really have standard fresh meats, processed meats, basic meat science or muscle biology courses. And those still exist, but today's programs designed to help nurture and develop R&D professionals really need to encompass other aspects, other educational tools, including microbiology, food safety, economics, engineering, as well as food science and food engineering principles. Now, the UW Meat Science and Animal Biologics Discovery Building was involved in a nearly $60 million upgrade that was completed in 2020. Can you describe some of the features that upgrade involved in terms of equipment, lab space, or classrooms in the complex? Absolutely. So, yes, we did go through a significant capital investment in the meat industry, not only in the state of Wisconsin, but also representing the national, in some cases, international meat industry. And that $60 million upgrade is absolutely that, an investment in the future of the meat industry, investment in the future leaders or developing future leaders of, of the industry, as well as those that are pursuing or interested in being in uh, research development. Features included a really new way of thinking about how to conduct teaching, research, and outreach, aka also known as extension programming, and really take advantage of all of the new technologies, new advancements, new ways of thinking from a sanitary design standpoint, process flow standpoint, a facility itself, as well as the integration of all the different aspects of facilities. In fact, just as is not that uncommon in new meat processing establishments or even meat processing equipment, technology drives waves of advancing these different spaces. So there's a lot of controls, a lot of audio video, a lot of AV technologies that really, really leverage the brick and mortar structure of the facility, the spaces themselves, as well as everything that happens inside those spaces. Terrific. Now, can you give our listeners an idea or some context on how these facilities operated just a few years ago compared with those capabilities you just outlined that seem to be expanding every year on a variety of campuses? Yeah, so I would say a few years ago, these facilities were really more what I would consider classified as laboratories. In fact, if you travel around the U.S. at 
at uh, agricultural campuses that have meat labs, <laughs> they still are considered classified and called meat labs. Mm-hmm. Uh, today, I consider that more of an antiquated term because these facilities do way more than what we would consider to be a laboratory type function, right? They are places to really get hands-on training in the classroom about basic to applied meat processing technologies. They're a place to conduct research from basic to very applied. They're places to be involved with interacting with stakeholders through extension and outreach programming, such as short courses and other types of activities. And all of those provide opportunities for a really fruitful, uh, well-encompassing training opportunity where students can learn science in the classroom, right? The research practices and understanding, and then with hands-on activities, really pull all those things together so it becomes a full circle, true encompassing experience. So the training, it involves more than just learning the nuts and bolts of what meat scientists can do or don't do. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that, Chris. Uh, For a student to go through a curriculum, right, take classes, or a young leader, right, future leader, to go through classes, and that alone does rarely provide a skill set that allows he or she to be successful, especially in research development. And the same, I believe, is true for students that are only interested in doing research, or even students or you know, future leaders that are only interested in pursuing outreach and, and extension type learning. But when you fold all those things together and you integrate them, you allow a space and a program that allows all those things to occur, in many cases, seamlessly, right? Allow those opportunities to exist where the future leaders of, of the ministry are there, right? So they are exposed and it's very accessible. That provides for, I believe, a really, really powerful education and a really powerful training to, in this case, become a very, very effective R&D professional. And that really nicely flows into my next question. When it comes to fields of study at UW, for example, what kinds of opportunities can meat science students expect to see after they graduate and move into those professional roles at the meat processing companies as a result of these upgraded research complexes? Sure. Great question. So here at UW-Madison, you know, we operate in a building not called a meat lab, but a a meat science and animal biologics discovery building that is part of our MSABD program. And because of the vagueness, but also specificity of the name, it means things to different people and it tracks different expertises, different backgrounds of different people. So young professionals going through our program, for sure they have an opportunity to you know, enter the workforce at, at all levels, but we typically see many of our students that are you know, starting in the research development phase area, upper management, regulation, or, or can have an immediate impact in their field of their career. And that's a result of their exposure during the learning process to things beyond just meat science and food safety, for example. For sure. For sure. Meat science and food safety, you know, that's kind of a, almost today a very focused rose-colored glasses type of approach in way to look at the meat industry, right? There's so many right. other things from AI to bioinformatics to engineering to right optimization, understanding to economics that really, really fold into program of study, which become not necessarily primary to the field, but really secondary and really become substantial to building a good food safety meat science understanding. And of course, that's not to dismiss the, the importance of food safety, et cetera. 
Let's take a quick break for a word from our sponsor today, Klockner Pentoplast. At Klockner Pentoplast, the sustainable protection of everyday needs is very important to us. Our aim is to ensure you get the most sustainable total food packaging solutions that not only protect your food products while extending shelf life and reducing food waste, but can also be recycled. We operate across a vast range of fresh food categories, supplying thermoform trays, rigid films for form fill and seal applications, as well as flexible films to protect your products. Now back to the podcast. Okay, now, Jeff, do you see any shifts or trends in more students leaning toward jobs in R&D departments or research because they now have access to these state-of-the-art facilities? I think I most certainly do. R&D sectors of businesses are important, growing, and there's always a demand and a need for talent that can provide new ways of thinking, right? Innovative approaches feathered by solid meat science, food safety, right? Scientific, uh, social understanding and background. And so there's certainly need and there's certainly opportunities. And certainly there are programs, uh, not only here at UW-Madison, but others across the country that are very effectively producing the type of talent that's necessary for research development to advance to the next levels. And of course, your school and others are looking five, six years down the road, 10 years down the road versus what's happening right now in the meat processing industry. Absolutely, we are. When this building was designed, we looked at hitting our, our rhythm, hitting our sweet spot in 20 to 30 years. We look at five to 10 year plans for setting our goals for what types of products that we want to be producing. And of course, the products that the primary products that we have to offer our people. So we're looking at trying to identify ways that we can fill a pipeline and create talent in different ways. That's not necessarily today, but really is five, 10 years, and even further outward. And that goes, I'm sure, for the students too. So when it comes to R&D-specific tracks in the meat industry, what are some of the aspects students should be looking for when they're considering educational options to help them move forward on their professional journeys? Yeah, that's a great question. A good foundational academic basis, right? Taking some of those Mm -hmm. important classes and then looking for experiences, experiences that provide different knowledge areas, experiences that that provide different perspectives, experiences that can provide different value and really tease out to the individual and really tease out what their skill set, what their passions, what their areas of how they can make immediate impact really are. So, right, all those things can be done on campus through interactions, right, as we've kind of discussed, but it's also really important for some of those experiences to occur off campus, right? right? Internships and work studies and in projects with companies or different agencies. So it's a real, there's just lots and lots of opportunity that, that are important for developing young talent. And frankly, some of the things that universities provide is that basis of communicating that to young professionals and helping them kind of work through and weed through what is the right things that they should be doing to prepare themselves for a very successful career leaving the university campuses. And you and your fellow professors are doing that in terms of counseling and providing perspectives and helping these folks that are students still see what's out there and what's available and how they can best develop their own talents and skills. Yeah, that's correct, Scott. I like that word counseling because in in many ways, many faculty or most faculty, all faculty are counselors at some level. On some level, right. On some level, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) 
Now, several schools have spent a lot of money expanding or upgrading their meat science programs in terms of building new complexes and attracting professors who specialize in R&D. Is this a trend that ultimately will help R&D departments strengthen their capabilities professionally for internal or customer product or ingredient development? Or are these students moving in other directions when making their professional career decisions? Yeah, great question. My first response was, until you got to the second part of your question, was going to be an absolute capital Y-E-S, yes. Mm-hmm. Because of the value that I have seen in what I believe that upgrade facilities and how those involve into improving program, how those are so well tied, so strongly tied to creating experiences, right? creating sometimes that light bulb moment where a student really doesn't know what they want to do when they grow up, right? Mm -hmm. Because few of us really ever are born into the meat industry. (laughs) We have to be exposed to that something that creates excitement. And this is true for me, right? Of course. However, we also have to be honest with ourselves and and realize that, that, you know, young talent, they like to explore and they like to look at different types of opportunities. So research development historically has been a really, really big, significant track for many students. And that's not necessarily the case because there's other aspects of ministry that can provide just as challenging and rewarding of a career to students as research, research and development. The great news, I believe, is that that provides a purpose for companies that have research and development programs that are recruiting for these young professionals to not necessarily up the ante, but really, really really portray the value and opportunities that these positions have in giving these young professionals an opportunity to have really successful and gratifying and satisfying careers. And that early like, exposure, I'm sure, as the phrase goes, they don't know what they don't know. For sure. Very well said. Finally, Jeff, can you give our listeners an, sort of a general overview of the state of the meat science training sector and where it might be heading over the next few years, not too long-term, but over the next few years. Sure. I'll blow the dust off my crystal ball and give it a shot. Uh, <laughs> Appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. So it is clear there is demand for students entering the industry that will continue. It is clear that extension outreach programs, such as one that I administer, will always have a demand. It is clear that the need for developing talent, whether it be coming from the traditional university student training, right, send them out in the real world, or coming from the industry that is needing to train their own talent to build their basis. Mm -hmm. So training, I think, is a really great broad term that in the next few years, we're going to start learning more and more about how to develop training at all levels, right? Youth, high school, university students, adult learners, right? Those that have been around the industry for a few years to industry veterans. It'll certainly be interesting to watch and see how training evolves. And of course, beyond a few years, what impact that training has. Absolutely. And let's go back for a quick second on something you said earlier about technology and its role in the future of the processing industry. Are you finding that professionals that are already at companies are considering going back to schools in some cases to learn some of this new stuff that students that are currently there are learning and picking up and taking with them? They are. Not all, but some. And I see this as a growing trend. Mm -hmm. It's not the traditional way of going through semesters of meat science and first safety courses. It's how can you take 
that information and what condensed versions of those exist, right? This has existed, you know, for decades, right? Through meeting street training short courses that might be two and a half or three days long, or it can come out in a more intensive way where there is a pre-planned program that is learning objective driven and it evolves more than just, you know, includes more than just one or two workshops or short courses that someone might attend. Right. Again, providing opportunity. Yep. Well, many thanks to Jeff Sindelar for sharing his insights with our Meeting Pod listeners today. And thanks to our listeners for tuning in this week. And thanks to today's sponsor, Clockner Pentoplast. That's a wrap. Until next time. Remember to tune in on Mondays to get the inside track on the people and the processes that drive the protein industry. Be sure to subscribe to Meeting Pod on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow Meeting Place and Alt Meet magazines on social media, and be sure to visit our websites at meetingplace.com and altmeet.net. Music